Spiritual gifts are a tricky thing to deal with because they can just as easily lead us away from God as they can lead us towards God. You know, it's a lot like this. Imagine you're a great violinist or maybe a great basketball player and someone comes and hears or sees you play and they're intrigued by you and they maybe are wooed by you a little bit and eventually you and this person start dating and eventually you get engaged and then while you're engaged something catastrophic happens to your hands and you lose the ability to move or to feel in your hands and so your violin career or your basketball career is now over for the rest of your life well what if your partner at that point the person you're engaged to calls off the wedding because they see you can no longer do the thing that attracted them in the first place. Well, you would feel lied to. You would feel betrayed. You would feel like you were being used by them. Because the truth is, you would realize, finally, that they were wooed or enticed by your ability and not by your character. That they were intrigued by what you could do, but they never really entered into love. And true, your ability opened the door for love but they never walked through it. They just were simply intrigued. Well, it's true of the spiritual gifts a lot of times, sadly. The spiritual gifts, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, are God's abilities that are given to us for specific times and purposes. And a lot of times, God's ability attracts us. The supernatural aspect to it seems really cool and amazing but unless we're drawn by love, it doesn't matter. When Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12 and he lists the spiritual gifts, he has one critique of them, one major critique, and his critique is there's a better way than the spiritual gifts, and it's the way of love. And you are neglecting love for the sake of the spiritual gifts, and that was his whole correction, his rebuke about these people. And he says, the famous chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm sure you know, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he goes on. He talks about all these, if he does all these great things and spiritual things, amazing, supernatural things, but he doesn't have love. It doesn't mean a thing. And then he says this, interesting. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And then he says this, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. What, do you, what does he mean here? He's saying that there's coming a time when we're the redeemed of the Lord are with God in heaven, in the new Jerusalem, where prophecy won't need to be used at all. In fact, it won't exist because it won't be needed and tongues won't exist, and words of knowledge won't exist, and even, get this, faith won't exist, because we will see God face to face, and we won't need faith. And even hope won't exist, because we will be living the greatest hope that we ever had. But you know what will still exist? Love. And that's exactly why Paul said to the Corinthians, you're so distracted by God's ability, you're forgetting to love him. You're so distracted by the supernatural powers 
that you're forgetting loving people is the only thing that's going to last forever. So why are you so motivated by these supernatural abilities? Prophecy is going to pass away, but guess what's not going to pass away? Love. You know, how crazy would it be if a construction worker who was, say, uh, drilling in the street only did it because he wanted to seem cool using a jackhammer? Well, once he was done jackhammering the street and drilling down, he would just leave because his goal was to use the jackhammer, not to accomplish something effective or beneficial for people. And it would actually be more dangerous because he'd leave a huge hole in the ground and cars driving by might get the tires stuck or some, some dangerous thing happen. But his goal should be to fix what's underneath the surface and he must use a jackhammer to do it. It's just a tool to accomplish the purpose. The same is true with the spiritual gifts. They're just tools to accomplish the purpose of loving people and edifying people. If I want a spiritual gift just for myself so I can seem spiritual, I'm missing the whole point. God, through Paul, is saying, the only right way to want spiritual gifts is you should desire to love people, to encourage people. You should be saying to God, Lord, give me spiritual gifts because they need it, because others need it. You should never be saying, Lord, give me spiritual gifts because I want them. The prayer should always be, Lord, give me spiritual gifts because they need it. It's a good thing to want spiritual gifts. Want them because other people need them, not because you want to seem spiritual. Ask yourself why you desire these things and ask God to fill your heart with love and a desire to encourage other people for God's glory.